Welcome to the Truth and Love Ministries podcast. Truth and Love Ministries' goal is to share God's word online in love without sacrificing the truth. In this podcast, we aim to do that through devotions, helping college students be God glorifying. In today's episode, we will learn about God's purpose for our suffering and the Christian's response. Later in the show, John Thompson from Placerita Bible Church will help us apply this idea to college students. I'm your host, Jeremiah Yonamura. This is the TLM Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our series on James. Last time, we looked at James 1.1 and explored what it means to be a bondservant of Christ. Today, we will move on to James 1.2-4, which says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith brings about perseverance. And let perseverance have its perfect work, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. One of the common questions people have regarding the existence of God is this. If God exists, why would he allow suffering? A loved one died. An incident permanently disabled someone. Others experienced some sort of abuse or mistreatment. The pain of these horrific events causes some to question the existence of God, leading some who profess Christ to doubt or even commit apostasy. Why do people suffer? Is it because God in the sky is a figment of our imagination? Or is there a reason for the suffering? As Christians, we will encounter suffering and people who have encountered suffering. Therefore, we need to be able to defend the existence of God and fight against doubt by having an answer for why suffering occurs. Otherwise, we become susceptible to stumbling in our faith and ineffective in sharing the gospel. For this reason, we must turn to Scripture to study why suffering happens and how to deal with it. In James 1, James urges Christian Jews suffering persecution to have joy in persecution because suffering results in complete and mature Christian character. Before I move on, I want to point out that people do really question the existence of God or whether or not he's loving or whether or not he's a just God when they encounter suffering. I was doing evangelism with my church one Sunday afternoon and came across someone who had suffered a lot. I don't remember the details, but what I do remember is that he doubted God's existence because of the pain that God had allowed in that person's life. And so this really is an important topic to study. And as I was preparing this podcast, I really strengthened my understanding of why we suffer. Let's keep going. (laughs) Before explaining why Christians suffer, James, understanding that Christians do suffer, exhorts believers to consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. The idea of considering it all joy is not looking at your suffering and being happy for suffering's sake. Rather, 
This conveys the idea of preoccupying your mind with God's favor and grace in your life. In Acts 5.41, the apostles were rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for the name. James is urging the Christians under persecution to respond like the apostles did, knowing that this suffering is a sign of God's favor, not his wrath. Christians should consider it an honor to be persecuted and suffer for the faith. Therefore, the Christian worldview should not be that of complaining, self-pity, mopiness, or hatred of God. These attitudes indicate pride and a lack of trust in God. Instead, one's response should be to delight in the Lord, no matter the circumstance. Whether this suffering is imprisonment or being beaten or mockery, Dependence on God and finding joy in Him is the only proper response. Now that we know that we should trust in the Lord with joy, we must understand that the reason for this attitude is that its result is perseverance, which itself results in being perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. By experiencing trials of all sorts, one will learn to endure through any challenge by God's grace. As a result of this perseverance, the Lord will make the believer perfect and complete, meaning that his character is fully developed and mature. One Sunday last summer, Pastor Steve Mahorder of North Creek Church preached on 2 Corinthians 12 and how God refused to remove the thorn in Paul's flesh. The Lord chose not to remove this thorn in the flesh, which could have very well been false teachers, from the Corinthian church because his grace is sufficient for power is perfected in weakness, causing Paul to boast in his weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in him. 2 Corinthians 12.9 By enduring trials and suffering, man displays God's grace and power as he depends on God for strength to respond correctly and wisely. Once we realize that trials have a purpose for our good and God's glory, our new perspective should elicit several responses. First, when life's challenges attack us, we should turn to the Word and prayer, increasing our dependence on God's sovereignty and power, knowing that God is sanctifying us. Second, we should stop praying for the Lord to take away all difficulties. It's not going to happen. As Pastor Steve noted, if we live a hardship-free life, then we will not depend on the grace and comfort that God gives, which means that we will not grow into mature slaves of God. Third, we must remember that, as a byproduct of our suffering and growth, we will benefit others by encouraging them in the Lord. Lastly, when the age-old question of why does God allow suffering if he's real come up, you can answer with because God builds character and maturity and displays his grace as people rely on him. Suffering is not without purpose. Through suffering, Christians depend more on God as he matures them into people more pleasing to him. Instead of complaining, one should be grateful and have joy, knowing that trials are a sign of God at work. Once the Christian recognizes this, he will need wisdom in how to practically respond to each trial. 
which we will address in the next episode. In the meantime, I want you to remember that suffering is a natural part of living in a fallen world, and that God allows it in your life on this side of eternity, not because He hates you, but because He loves you. He will make you a humbler, more joyful person because of it. Trust and delight yourself in the Lord. Next up, we have John Thompson in the application segment of this podcast. We are now moving to the application segment of this episode. Today, we have John Thompson who will help us learn what it practically means to consider it all joy and trials. John helps lead college ministry at Placerita Bible Church, and he is also the resident director of Slight Hall at the Masters University. John, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. So I want to first read the passage that we are going to be discussing. It is James 1, 2 through 4, and it says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith brings about perseverance. And let perseverance have its perfect work, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What are some common ways that college students suffer? That's a hard question to answer. I think that suffering comes in all shapes and sizes. And I think there's some things that some people suffer that aren't as big of a deal as to other people. I think college students that I have the privilege to serve, I mean, suffering can be as severe as suffering because there's relational calamity in their life. Maybe the loss of a loved one or their parents have decided to go uh, through a divorce. Sometimes students suffer through illness. They get sick and they don't know what to do. And there's no answers for what they're experiencing, whether illness is chronic or it's temporary, uh, but, but they just can't seem to, to, to physically feel well. Other sorts of sufferings that students experience, maybe debated if it should fit under the category of suffering, but just the weight and the pressure of classes, they suffer from probably just sometimes their own immaturity. And maybe I wouldn't call those necessarily suffering. Maybe that turns into the Lord's discipline in their life, which is not sorrowful for the moment, but nonetheless, they can have peace as they work it out with righteousness. But there's a variety of ways that that college students suffer, and I think that is even why this text is so wonderful. Various trials, and, and when you encounter them, and that, same, that word for encounter is kind of a cool word. It's the same word used in the story of the Good Samaritan. When trouble fell upon him, this is something that, that was unseen, unexpected, out of nowhere, and, and just happened to be there. And college students feel like that quite frequently, but this is trials of all kinds that come at you from unexpected angles. Are there any other topics that college students go through that we haven't discussed thus far, and what would you say to those situations? Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. There's, there's so much that college, uh, life is life, life's complex. There's a lot that people experience, and you can't predict it all. But I think there's some common things that, as a resident director, I, I encounter. I've called it the AAA threat. It's like three big things that I see that our students struggle with that I, I just, I'm 
almost always ready to have a conversation about because they're just they're just very common, especially in the college age. One is apathy, just a total apathy towards maybe their education, towards the church, towards school, and towards their faith even. Another one is anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of students who are anxious, stressed. And the last one's assurance. It may surprise you to hear that probably one of the most frequent conversations that I have with students are students who are struggling with a lack of assurance. And that produces an amount of sorrow in their own life, an amount of suffering that they experience. To be unsure if they're saved or to be unsure what it means to be saved. And so those, those three things, and, and then they all bear fruit in different ways. Uh, but those are probably the big three, like I said, the AAA threat, the apathy, the anxiety, and the lack of assurance or struggling with assurance of their faith are probably the areas that I most commonly talk to students that all have effects to, to the joy in their life and, and bring about suffering in their experience. John, thank you so much for walking me through various situations that college students deal with. I want to now focus on the considerate joy part of that verse. What does it look like for a college student to considerate joy in various trials? What are some practical applications of this verse for college students? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Jeremiah. And I think a lot of the practical things for the, for the Christian, for a college student who's a believer, I think practicality almost always starts with your perspective. And I think that's what this verse is first telling us, which I, I mentioned earlier. It says, know the value of endurance and, and value and have uh, a high esteem for the fact that you're being sanctified. And so if you don't value God using trials, if you don't value God wanting you to be sanctified and making that happen in your life, then it's going to be something that it's not very joyful. But, but like I said, so that's, that's perspective. And I, I think very often perspective comes before practical. The renewing of the mind before the, the redoing of certain actions or living. And I think that's something that they have to believe and know and be reminded of. But then practically, how, they can, how can they consider it joy? Well, there's, there's many ways, I think, that we can guard ourselves with truth, gird ourselves with, with God's promises, and, and to remember these things. I think one of the greatest killers of joy, or one of the greatest manifestations of joy not happening, is grumbling. To, to grumble greatly is to not represent God well. And so to stop and, and maybe to take inventory uh, of what there is to be thankful for. I think a very practical step, once this perspective is understood, what is it that you can be thankful for through this trial? What is it that God has done? Maybe you don't see it now, but where has God proven himself in the past that you can cling to? Find ways to, to anchor your trust in God, to see his goodness, take inventory of what there is to be grateful for. That, that's always something. So maybe actually write a list and return to that list and add to that list every single day. That's probably one of the greatest things. Recount the promises of God, recount the faithfulness of God, and, and do it specifically how he's been faithful in your life. That's a wonderful way to, to help stir up meditation and remembrance for somebody. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Before we finish, is there anything else you would like to say about this passage or topic? 
I, I think this is a passage that that is well referred to, very frequently referred to, and, and, and that I'm I'm very grateful for. I think maybe one thing to know as well, uh, not just with this passage, but with this topic, it kind of reminds me of something that I believe is Martin Luther uh, said. He said that the, the book of Romans taught him his doctrine, but the book of Psalms taught him to worship. And though this is a great text on suffering, to give us some perspective on suffering, if someone truly is suffering, I encourage them to, to go to the Psalms and to see, look there as well. Especially the first book of the Psalms, all written by David, who went through many trials, many aspects of suffering. And you see an example of someone who was suffering and found their comfort in Yahweh. Someone who was in great despair and was brought to great joy as they remembered truths about Yahweh. And you will see in certain Psalms that specific truths applied that you can meditate on to help remind you and help get you to this point where you can consider it joy. And so, like I said, like while this is a great text, I think Psalm, the, the book of Psalms is a beautiful place to go to see an example of someone who was in suffering so you know that you're not alone and you can see some of the truths that they turn to uh, so that you can be turning to them as well to comfort you in the suffering that you experience. John, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. Thanks for listening. Our next episode will release April 20th. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss it. You can find out more about Truth and Love Ministries on our website, tlms.us. That's tlms.us. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm your host, Jeremiah. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.